In this week's parasha, we read about the Mesoinanim, the complainers. The Pasik says, There were people who complained bitterly. How much do we have to suffer and struggle on this journey through the desert? They said, We want to return to Mitzrayim. We want to eat meat. We are disgusted with eating man. And of course, they mourned the unflattering report of the Meraglim. This episode contains the beginning of the unfortunate decline of the Jewish people during their travels in the Midbar. The Rambam points out the bizarre expression in the way the Pasik describes them as Oynanim. The Pasik says, They were like complainers. The Torah does not state, And there were those who complained. They were like complainers. So what's the message here? And the Ramban says something very profound. Sometimes we find people who are hurting. They are in pain. They are going through a very dark period in their life. And instinctively they complain. And they ask questions. They are not complainers by nature. It's only because life has dealt them such a rough patch that they start complaining. It's the pain and suffering they are going through is what's causing them to lash out. The Yidin and the Midbar were traveling for three straight days without any rest. They were fatigued, they were hurting, so they complained. They acted out of character. It's not what they usually do. That's why the Torah says, They were only like complainers. There was a certain degree of legitimacy to their whining. When people are in pain, it's natural for them to complain. They sometimes say things that they're not accustomed to saying. Why is God doing this to me? Why me of all people? I don't deserve this. I'm a good person. That evil person down the block is living the life and I'm the one suffering. Why is God picking on me? People get agitated when they are in pain and it's a natural reaction to complain. This is somewhat of a mitigating factor. They're only like complainers. We cannot really fault them. They're doing what comes naturally for those who are in pain. When things don't go as planned, it's human nature to worry and be concerned about the future, and even complain. In Parshas Bahar, when the Torah teaches us the laws of Shemitah, and we are commanded to take a year off from working our fields, the Pasik says, What if people will ask, What will we eat in the seventh year? We didn't plant, we can't harvest our fields. The Torah says, Don't worry. Hashem will send forth His blessings in the sixth year and it will yield a crop sufficient for three years. The Pasik says, What if people will ask? The terminology is very strange. We don't find this expression elsewhere in the Torah. Why does the Torah phrase it in a question and answer format? The Pasuk could have said that on the sixth year there will be such a robust crop that it will sustain you for three years. Why does the Torah couch it, Balash and Shala Atshuva? So a Hasidish Rebbe once said, and this is such a powerful idea. Tomer Ayid Hatzfekis, if there's a Yid that has doubts, un erfreit kashes, and he asks questions, so machtem nachnish ois mamen. It doesn't make him a non-believer. It is not nicht opgefragt. It doesn't make him a heretic. When you see your parnasa potentially going up in smoke and you're worried about feeding your family and you ask questions and you have doubts, the Torah says, 
the Rabbi Shalom will still send you brachas. Ideally, we should have faith and not ask questions. But we must be sensitive to people who are in pain and have doubts and ask questions. And that's why the Torah states it in the question and answer format. The son-in-law of the Briskaravra, Michal Feinstein's daughter, suffered from a severe case of asthma. The family had three breathing machines strategically placed throughout the house, so there would always be at least one available in case of an emergency. Once in the middle of the night, she had an attack, and the family was frantically looking around for the nebulizers, but they couldn't find any of them. So they quickly called out Salah, but by the time they came, she tragically had passed away. And only then did they find the machines. All three of them were stored under her bed. They didn't think of looking there. And the family was devastated. They were inconsolable. They blamed themselves for her untimely death. Why weren't we wiser to store the machines in a place where we can always find them? Why didn't we think of looking under her bed? Their conscience didn't give them peace of mind. And they were berating each other for what happened. A few days later, Byakov Galinsky's Atzal came to be Menachem Avel, and he saw that they were so distraught. He told them, My Rebbe's taught me that the concept of Ashtadlis is only about the future, not about the past. After something happens, we must believe that whatever occurred was exactly as Hashem had planned it, and there's nothing you could have done to change it. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, who does everything, He caused it to happen. Therefore, the person who placed the nebulizers under the bed isn't guilty. And all the family members who didn't consider looking there aren't guilty either. This was Hashem's plan all along. And nothing people did or did not do could have changed anything. And now they were consoled. What a message. If we take those words to heart, it will take away all of our questions and complaints. And now... We know. Have a wonderful day.